But as Yertle the Turtle King lifted his hand and started to order and give the command, that plain little turtle below on the stack, that plain little turtle whose name was just Mac, decided he'd taken enough, and he had. And that plain little lad got a little bit mad. And that plain little Mac did a plain little thing. He burped. And his burp shook the throne of the king. And Yertle the turtle, the king of the trees, the king of the air, and the king of the bees, the king of a house, and a cow, and a mule, well... That was the end of the Turtle King's rule, for Yertle, the king of all Salamassan, fell off his high throne and fell plunk in the pond. And today, the great Yertle, the marvelous he, is king of the mud. That is all he can see. And the turtles, of course, all the turtles are free, as turtles and maybe all creatures should be. All right, you are dismissed to junior church. Oh, Yertle the Turtle! Isn't that just a cute, sweet, funny little story about a silly turtle? Oh, I almost forgot my silly turtles. I told Rachel, I said, I, I found a few stuffed animals in the kids' room this week we could uh, use for Yertle the Turtle, I said, and if you want, you know, the kids could... Uh, hold it during the story time and she's like uh, if you want to distract them and have them throw it around and you know hit each other over the head with it yeah that'd be great no let's not give the kids the turtles <laughs> so we'll put them up here this will be Yertle and this will be maybe this is Yertle he's like the one in charge the fighting one oh, yeah, yeah. he's a ninja turtle and he's standing on top of Mac and all the other turtles so we know that all stories okay including Dr. Seuss Dr. Seuss stories, but really, any story, uh, any song, any movie, any book, any parable has a deeper meaning, a deeper message behind it. And so does Yertle the Turtle, which is a cute, funny story about turtles, but also a very powerful cautionary tale about the human condition. Did you know that? In fact, Dr. Seuss, oh, I'll get the book too. Dr. Seuss himself, Dr. Seuss himself said that Yertle the Turtle, who wants to be the king, uh, represents Adolf Hitler. So that escalated quickly, all right? <laughs> what did Adolf Hitler want to do? He looked around and he wanted more and he wanted more and he wanted more and he wanted to subjugate and conquer and be above... A, all these people dehumanizing all these other people. So if you think, oh, it's just a sweet little book about turtles, Adolf Hitler, no, sorry. Dr. Seuss, Seuss said it's about Hitler. So you can tell your kids that. Hey, guys, you want to read about Hitler tonight? You know, I want to tell you a bedtime story about Hitler. Okay, maybe just, maybe just keep the turtles. But that's what we're doing today, uh, representing uh, this, this turtle, what he represents. And... <sighs> Let's dig in. All right. So Rachel already read the book, but here's the first thought in your bulletin notes if you want to write this down. And I'll try to make it rhyme every week we're doing Dr. Seuss as best as I can. I used to be a rapper. I'm retired right now. I only, I only do rapping around Christmas time and birthdays, but nobody? Okay. So uh, here's the first thought. Write this down. Oppression is thinking you're better than all. And we'll get the second rhyme later. Oppression is thinking that you're better 
than all the people around you. That's what Hitler was. That's what Yertle the Turtle was. And there's been a lot of kings throughout history, hasn't there? A lot of kings, a lot of pharaohs, a lot of emperors, a lot of Caesars, a lot of presidents, a lot of people in charge, dictators, over the millennia. As long as humankind could rule over people, they did. And it's good to have somebody in charge. You know, we need a leader leading the way in an organization for vision and direction. That's helpful. But so often, the leadership position, what do they say? Uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And so as these people throughout the thousands and thousands of years have been uh, having power and prominence and prestige and position, um, it's not been helpful to them. Many times. They become like Yertle the turtle over here. They become like, oop, you okay? Yeah, see, he fell. I told you, he's skipping ahead. He's going to fall soon. But they become like Yertle the turtle, and um, they get up high. In many ways, in their hearts, like Yertle, up in the heavens, they start thinking that they are God themselves over all these people. And they've got this unchecked power, this power that's corrupting them. Uh, it leads to... All kinds of stuff. A few things, you know, bullying, uh, bulldozing over other people, oppression, enslaving. I was telling Tiana this morning, there's more slaves in the world right now than ever before in history. Uh, it leads to abusing, manipulating, violently ruling other people and... Um, Everything they possibly can. And in the process, I'll get to you a second, Nancy. Nancy's got a lot of Dr. Seuss thoughts. She helps me uh, think of things I hadn't thought of before. Uh, but at least the de dehumanizing of people. right? Treating them as less than, treating them as objects, treating them as things to be conquered, things to be subjugated for my power, for my lifting up, and everyone's underneath me. What a terrible, evil, awful way to live. Nancy. <laughs> I would just argue that we all have that potential. Well, I'm going to argue that too. Yeah, because I think, I think, I mean, I don't want to be president. I don't know what would happen if I was president. Vote for Nancy, everybody. I think everything would Coming fall up. apart. But There'd be no worse than it is now. Well, <laughs> worried, you probably couldn't do a worse job. <laughs> I'd be worried about then any president. weaknesses, you know, and mm -hmm. I, think, I think that we all have that potential you know, using others. And, um, I think you're right, Nancy. And I worry about that because I feel, I have like a horror of doing that. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I do that. Well, Nancy, we all have a yurtle the turtle inside of us. Okay? We all have that, that um, prideful, arrogant heart where, you know, I said, it's evil, it, it's awful, it's just atrocious. What people do in power and hurting other people, dehumanizing other people, and then if we're not careful, you and I can be like that on a, maybe a smaller scale than Yertle or a smaller scale than Alexander the Great or an emperor or a president or whatever, but you and I can have that exact same uh, bent that Yertle the turtle had, bent towards our sinful nature, bent towards thinking uh, prideful thoughts that we're better than other people and I can't believe what they did over there and what they're wearing and uh, what they're doing or not doing and I'm better than them. We just we get that in our minds so much. That's why uh, Paul wrote this letter. It's not in your notes. I thought about it this morning. I wanted to share with you. Um, but you can write it down if you want. Romans 12, verse 1.
verse 3. Romans 12, 3. And Paul wasn't writing to the emperor in Rome, although maybe he read it. But he wasn't writing to the person in charge. He was writing to all of us when he said these words. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Boy, if that's a message that we all need to hear every day. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. Thinking about other people. You know, Paul has similar thoughts in Philippians about don't think about just yourselves, you know, other people. Think about other people. Put their needs above your own. And oftentimes we hear that verse. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. And you're like, I know a person. I need to, to share that verse with them. I'm going to text it to them because they're really prideful and they're really arrogant and they try to, you know, treat other people awfully. And I'm, I'm going to share this verse with them and they need to hear this. And first we need to look in that mirror, don't we? And say, ooh, how about me? How about my life? Where am I thinking of myself more highly than I ought to? Where, am I, where in my life do I think I'm better than other people? You could ask yourself some of these questions. Um, where do I, in my life, think that I'm all that in a bag of potato chips, right? As I used to say when I was in high school. 20 years ago, almost. Well, uh, who have you been bullying? In big ways or small ways? It all counts. Who have you been manipulating? Have you been abusing people? Not just you know, putting them in the hospital by beating them, but, but there's subtle ways, verbal abuse, right? emotional abuse. We can really treat people as less than, as we're climbing this hill, we want to be the one on top. Try to get higher and higher, pushing people around us. You know, what do they talk about? Uh, climbing the corporate ladder. Sometimes when we try to climb the corporate ladder, we do things that we shouldn't do to people we shouldn't do them to, and we step on other people as we climb the ladder. Or maybe they are the ladder, like Yertle the Turtle. They are the ladder, and we're climbing on their backs on top of them, essentially um, abusing, bullying, man manipulating people. Have you been doing that lately? How are you? You don't have to answer out loud, but how are you greedy and selfish? You don't have to shout it out. Maybe just think about some of these things. Questions I need to ask myself just as much as any of us. Where are you wanting more and more and more and more? And you'll do almost anything to get it. If we don't find contentment in what we have and what God has blessed us with, then more, that more, that more, that more, that more will never be enough. More will never be enough. Because you'll always want a little more, a little more, a little more, if we don't have that contentment in our heart. And so we've got to fight back against this tendency in ourselves. We've got to fight back against this pride and, and arrogance and uh, selfish ambition to get to the top. We've got to be like Mac here, who, um, you know, people, uh, this Yertle the Turtle guy, He's stepping all over Mac, and you can see it again and again and again. Mac just keeps uh, coming up, and he's like, dude, what you're doing is wrong. What you're doing is wrong. You know, I'm down here at the bottom, and you're oppressing all these people below you. And he was just this, this little turtle. But he was the resistance. He was the rebellion. He was uh, the, the voice for all these voiceless people, these turtles, excuse me, who were maybe too afraid 
to fight back. Who were being oppressed. They were starving, Dr. Seuss says. They were, their shells were cracking under the weight of this oppression. And so, what did he do? He had to do something. Uh, I put in your insert this week, this quote. Your Majesty, please, I don't like to complain, but down here below we are feeling great pain. I know up on top you are seeing great sights, but down at the bottom, we too should have rights. That's Mac speaking out against uh, all these other turtles being oppressed, speaking out against those being bullied and manipulated and just stepped on. There are so many people around us who don't have a voice. The unborn, for one, uh, in a lot of countries, and women, children, even in America sometimes, um, men too in different ways. But a lot of times, just people feel like they can't speak out. Like if they say something against the oppression, they're going to get fired. They're going to get hurt. Somebody's going to do something to them. If they speak out because the establishment has you know, all this power in place, and uh, if you say something against the narrative or against the, the powers that be, that you are going to get canceled or piled on or fired or whatever. And so, Mac is this voice crying out in the wilderness, speaking for freedom, speaking for justice from sin and oppression. And do you know that that was the mission of Jesus? If you want to turn with me to Luke chapter 4. We're going to do some Bible this morning besides just Dr. Seuss. Luke chapter 4. You can turn there with me. I got too many illustrations. I don't have enough room. Oh. Luke chapter 4, if you want to follow with me. Jesus' mission was a lot like Mac the turtle. And I bet Jesus never anticipated that when he spoke these words. But it, it fits. Uh, Luke chapter 4, look at verse 18. I thought this was really powerful. This is a lot of what Jesus is concerned with, uh, what Jesus was ultimately about, going to the cross, dying in our place for our sins, to fight the oppression, to give us freedom from Satan's sin and death. And it's something that we as followers of Jesus are likewise called and commanded to be about too. So Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Just a little section. Just those few powerful words. You can see all kinds of people who were oppressed. The poor, the captives, the blind, slaves, right? And those who are slaves to sin, which is all of us in our old sinful nature. Jesus came to the earth, was born, died, you know, lived, died, resurrected. Not to tell people, you guys need to be nice to one another. That wasn't Jesus' mission. Jesus' mission wasn't, stop hitting each other, you guys. Just get along. Everybody get along. Just be kind. That's kind of a part of it, in a way. But his mission was to be like Mac. To Well, I should say Mac was to be like him. But to f bring freedom to all the oppressed. And 
Um, the biggest part of freedom is that freedom from Satan, sin, and death that we can experience as we give our lives, surrender our life to Jesus, and live for Him. We experience freedom from uh, those things oppressing us, our old sinful nature, the ways of the world, and people in life, and powers in life who try to bring us down. Isaiah wrote these words. Really, really powerful. This, uh, this, this message of freedom from oppression, it's not just something that Jesus said. It's not just something in the New Testament. It's all the way throughout the Bible. Genesis to Revelation. Freedom. 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 I love that we live in a country that's supposed to be. Uh, home of the brave and land of the free. Right? Land of the brave and home of the free. Freedom. Our country was founded on this idea, this concept of freedom. Jesus was all about freedom. So many countries, guys. You... <laughs> If you complain about things in America, I get it. It's what we experience. But I'm telling you, if you want to feel oppressed, move to most any other country in the world. And you will feel great oppression, great distress, as they lock you in jail and torture you and kill you for being a follower of Jesus. If you want to feel oppressed, there's maps. Just Google a map, uh, persecution around the world. You know, on Google Images, and you'll see orange countries. Uh, this one map is orange countries where, like, uh, it's frowned upon to follow Jesus, and they do some things. And then there's like red countries where you will be killed. And in America, I don't know. So many times, so many Christians are just kind of, yeah, Jesus, hoorah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's okay, and. Sure, I believe in him, and yeah, whatever, I'll follow him. And My brother would say that America is not persecuted enough. If you want to show, uh, have people show their real beliefs, persecution brings that out. And in fact, uh, persecution makes the, the message of Jesus spread like wildfire. Because it's through that persecution that people realize the freedom from the oppressors that come in Jesus. So Isaiah wrote these words. It's in your notes. You can read it this week. Powerful words. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of orphans. Fight for the rights of widows. Jeremiah wrote something similar. This is what the Lord says. Be fair-minded and just. Do what is right. Help those who have been robbed. Rescue them from their oppressors. Quit your evil deeds. Do not mistreat foreigners, orphans, and widows. Stop murdering the innocent. You see this theme continuing on. So much oppression in the world. So much sin and suffering and pain. And some of it, not all of it, some of it can be alleviated now. There's people, uh, organizations around the world that are fighting for freedom for actual slaves right now. International Justice Mission is one of them. In different countries, they are fighting to help people like literally be free from slavery. And we go, but I'm just one person. What could I possibly do to help? Like this is a big thing you're talking about, Dan. How do I help people get freedom from oppressors? That seems like a big task, like a big job. What could I possibly contribute to the cause of 
getting people free from those who want to stand on them and subjugate them and free freedom from the oppressors. But you know what Mac was? One turtle. One small, simple turtle standing at the bottom, sitting at the bottom of the heap. And he didn't say, oh, I'm just one turtle. What could I possibly do? So I'm not going to do anything. See, that's our kind of dilemma. We say, it's such a big problem, this freedom from oppressors, this, this bullying, this power-hungry dictators. How could I possibly contribute? What could I possibly do? And so we don't do anything. But if Mac had not stood up for the rights of his fellow turtle kind, they might still be stood upon today. They might still be being oppressed and subjugated and bullied and manipulated and stood on. If Mac, one turtle, hadn't spoken up and done something. We see, we can't do everything. But we can do something. Pick one thing. Pick one cause. I've sent out church emails before. I've written in the bulletin before. If you want to know some organizations, you can just Google them. You can ask me. I've got a list. You know, there's uh, people dying in Africa of malaria right now. A treatable disease. There's a website you can go to and for $10 you can buy a mosquito net to help a child become free uh, from the oppression of not having hospitals near him. Medical supplies, you know, and they send out a mosquito net and they send out supplies. Uh, I, I think our, maybe a class or the youth fund... I know um, our family does sponsor a child. You can sponsor a child to help them be free from uh, oftentimes a country that does not care a lot for its people. A country that, you know, we have a lot more organizations in America to help people, orphans, widows, than so many other countries. And kids starving might die, like not drinking clean water, not getting an education. And you can... For 99, you know, for the, the cost of a coffee a day, you can sponsor a child. Does that sound like a commercial? You can sponsor a child for the price of coffee a day. And you can do something to help someone. Just one turtle. Just help one person in your life. One turtle in your life. What's one thing you can do? Sometimes, oftentimes it's money that helps that. But you can also um, do things without money. If you say, I don't have tons of expendable money. Income available, number one, we could cut out our cable bill ride and eat a little, bit, a little bit less pizza out each month, get a little bit less gigabytes of data on our phone and contribute, right? We can scale back to help others. Uh, but there's also, you know, like Right to Life in Troy, Ohio. They have different things where uh, they say, we're having this gathering in front of the courthouse. Here's a sign, Dave uh, Enna King says, here's a sign, hold this sign, fighting for the voice of the voiceless, to give voice to people in the womb who are being oppressed right now. You can go and just stand there. They have a prayer vigil. Stand in a circle and you know it's a short meeting. He does it a couple times a year. In fact, I think one, one's coming up in October. And you say, I don't have a lot of money to give to all these organizations. Well, give some. You giving a little bit of money, 10 bucks could help somebody survive malaria. Just for one example. There's a ton of different things you can do. 
slavery all around the world. You can support international justice missions. Send them five bucks. And they're fighting to literally free slaves right now in the world. But I'm just one turtle. So speak up. Do something. Mac did. Sometimes all it takes is one person standing up for what's right. I forget who it was. C.S. Lewis or Winston Churchill or somebody. When one person stands up, it stiffens the spine of others. And you speak up. You start helping. You start freeing. You start giving and loving and serving. And oftentimes other people join in. And it becomes a thing. And it becomes an organization. And it grows. And now there's worldwide organizations who are helping people be free from oppression for a cause. So look around your life this week. Who is hurting? People everywhere if we just open our eyes. Just listen to the needs. Who's being oppressed? Who's being bullied? Who's being manipulated in your life? And what's one thing you could do this week to help maybe just one person so important for us as we push down this pride to lift up other people and to think about people other than ourselves. And that helps us to fight this pride and help to heal a hurting world. So that brings us to our last thought. And I did try to make another rhyme this week if you want to uh, just humor me. Oppression is thinking you're better than all, but pride always leads to a tremendous fall. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I will exit. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you. Oppression. Yeah. But pride always leads to a tremendous fall. So you're to the turtle. He got to the tippity top. Higher and higher and higher. Pride. Arrogance. Oppression. Bullying. Standing on everyone else in the process. But his few minutes of fame and glory. Hmm. How'd it work out for him? Dr. Phil would say, how's that work it out for you? He fell, didn't he? After the other turtle burped. Alright, the other turtle burped. That's just to wake you up a little bit. Crash! Boom! Bang! He spoke out. The, uh, what's his name? Mac. He did something. He fought the oppression. Against the man, right? Whatever. He crashed. And Yurtle the turtle... He's now king of the mud. <laughs> That's all he is king of. And today the great Yertle, that marvelous he, is king of the mud. That is all he can see. Solomon talks about this as uh, Yertle is humiliated. He's humbled. Solomon writes in Proverbs 16 so well, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Boy, isn't that the truth? What's true with Solomon thousands of years ago is true with Yertle the turtle and it's true with us today. Powerful Yertle literally fell under the weight of his own hubris. And it reminds me of another creature. It reminds me of another creature. Um, Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 14. I just want to share this with you. Isaiah chapter 14. Uh, There's not a lot said about... Uh, it in the scriptures, but we get the sense that there is this creature, uh, some call him Satan, Lucifer, the devil, and on and on, our spiritual enemy. And there's, you know, the Bible is a, a book about the most important things, and it leaves a lot out, and you go, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? 
But we do have a little bit of an indication uh, about how God created this angel. You could call him Lucifer. Um, It just means adversary. Uh, Satan, I think, just means adversary. But um, he became too prideful. And he didn't want to just follow God. He didn't want to be like God. He wanted to be God himself. His pride, his hubris, wanting to climb to the top. And he fell. We get this picture along with uh, some other angels kicked out of heaven. So let's take a look. Uh, Isaiah 14, you should be there. Verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven. And does this sound familiar? And set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountains of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Bad move. Verse 15. Instead, you will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to its lowest depths. Everyone there will stare at you and ask, can this be the one who shook the earth and made the kingdoms of the world tremble? So, uh, move over a couple chapters, if you would. Isaiah, and then there's Jeremiah. He was a bullfrog. And then Ezekiel. (laughs) That's a song, sorry. Ezekiel, uh, chapter 28. Last verse for the day. Just want to share a couple more verses. uh, Just one verse with you. Isaiah uh, 28, 17, if you're there. Your heart was filled with pride. Filled with pride. Hear these words. Uh, Because of all your beauty. uh, Paul says... Satan masquerades as an angel of light, right? Because of all your beauty, your wisdom was corrupted by your love of splendor. So I threw you to the ground and exposed you to the curious gaze of kings. Can you believe him? Wanting to set his throne above God's throne, right? The nerve, the audacity to want to climb to the highest heights, to want to be God is prideful arrogance. And that's us. (laughs) Too often, letting that pride fill our hearts, um, thinking too much of ourselves, much more than we ought to think of ourselves, and trying to climb higher and higher and higher ourselves with our own status and money, and fame, and glory, and prestige, and honor. And we want to be on top. And we want to stand on these other people because we're better than them. And they're less than human. They're just objects to be used for my self-grandizing, for my glorification. That's that pride, that sinful, arrogant Pride that creeps into all of our hearts. Different times, different ways. And um, it doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't help. See, the higher we climb, the more greedy and ambitious we are, the less and less satisfied we will get until finally... That didn't make a very big sound, did it? Until finally, we crash and we fall... And pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Solomon and all his wisdom knew that was true. And it pulls us away from God and Jesus. Our pride, our sin, 
making ourselves our own God. I know what's best, God. I'm going to do what I know to be uh, truth. I'm going to make my own truth. I'm going to, oh, this makes me feel good, so I'm going to do it, and I'm not going to listen to you. And I know, God, you said to do these certain things, but I'm my own God, and I want to decide for myself what I'm going to do, and I'm not going to listen to you. Pride. Thinking we know better than God. Following the ways of the world pulls us away from God. It hurts ourselves. It hurts those other people that we're standing on in life in the process. So we're going to close with our last song. And as we sing this last song, I want us to sing it in the same way that we're called to live our lives. With humility. Giving glory not to ourselves, but to our King. And to our Savior, we don't just sing these songs to Him, but we are called to live this life for Him. It's not about exalting me, myself, and I, but it's about exalting our great Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died in our place for our sins to give us life, to give you and me an abundant life that starts today and goes on forever, and to free us from that oppression the oppression of Satan, sin, and death. So would you sing praises? Stand and sing with me to our powerful Savior.
Heavenly Father, we will trust in you. Help lead our hearts and guide us to trust you every day and every way. I know it's hard. I know this world is filled with so much hurt and pain and suffering, sickness and sorrow and death. You see it. I can't imagine how your heart must be grieved at mankind. You see this all day long. But I pray that you would help us uh, move our hearts to focus on you on your hope that transcends all the chaos and destruction and and suffering in this world. Help our hearts to focus on your joy that is not dependent on the happenings around us, but only dependent on what you have done through your Son, Jesus. We can have hope. We can have joy. We can have love and peace that goes beyond our understanding, even in the midst of unpeaceful times. Help us cling to you. And trust in you no matter what we're going through. You know what we're experiencing in our life. And you are there with us. Help us to cling to you in your ways. When the world tries to pull us from you. And help us to follow you forever and ever. To give you our whole lives as a living sacrifice. As Jesus you did for us. Through your death on the cross. We thank you and praise you. Most of all for who? In His name, everybody said. Amen. Amen.